replacing the forever falling off screw cover. What a hassle that can be. This is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast, delivering the smarts you need to enjoy the freedom of the RV lifestyle without the fear of breaking down. So how are you doing today, Alexis? Doing pretty good. How are you, Eric? I'm wonderful. Good. It's a great day to be in Montana, right? <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Or stuck here in this room doing podcasts. (laughs) All right. So I do want to bring something up. Many of you probably have seen these trailers. If you've been out on a, on a dealer's lot, looking at RVs, they have glass entrance doors. Have you seen any of those Alexis? Yeah, they're kind of (laughs) interesting. So a glass entrance door. So, you know, if that door breaks, supposedly there's a door behind it, but the ones I've seen were see-through. You can see right into the RV. It makes no sense. Mm-mm. But either way, a glass entrance door, solid glass just doesn't make sense. Even if there's a door behind it, the glass breaks. Wow, that sounds expensive and it sounds like a hassle. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you have to replace the entire door. You can't just get a piece of glass. So what I would say, if you have an RV like that or you just have to have that, I would get some of that clear shield. I don't, there's different brands, but it goes on the front of the RVs in front of cars, like a clear bra and it protects it. I would put that on the glass at least halfway up to protect it from rocks and stuff hitting it because I'm sure it's just going to break. Now I know it's not going to shatter and fly or it's just going to fall down. (laughs) Either way it break. We want to make sure that doesn't happen. All right. So as a reminder, next Friday, is going to be, I believe, our third episode of the Free Tip Friday, which is one tip in 10 minutes. So that'll be available on the podcast channels and also on YouTube. So that's every other Friday is Free Tip Friday. So you got to check that out. More information to help you RV the way you want to, like a smart RVer. So now we're going to get into living the RV life. So... Parents are always planning trips, right, Alexis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, you don't have any kids, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, quite often they plan trips around what they want to do. That's true. Now, it might be inclusive to some degree. But how many parents just kick, sit back and say, hey, kids, it's time for you to plan a trip? The crazy ones. <laughs> the crazy ones. Now, and I don't mean the kids actually plan the entire trip. You know, <laughs> that would be a disaster. They don't have the experience. But giving them the, the, the assignment of picking the place to go, mm-hmm. what we're going to do there. Now, that would be cool, and kids will love that because now they're totally involved in the trip. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, you know, depending on where they want to go, you might have to have some adult things in there. But then again, you might, your kids might surprise you where they want to go and what they want to do. It might be exactly what you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're talking an RV trip here, you know, going on a Disney cruise is totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Although you never catch me on one of those. (laughs) But anyway, um, not unless I was a pirate taking over the ship. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I think (laughs) twice about it. So, but it gives the kids something to look forward to, especially now we're going in the winter time, you know, the traveling's not happening as much, but if you can plan a trip, you know, for the early spring or, you know, your annual trip in May or June, whatever it might be, get the kids involved now. Let them start picking places where to go. You know, find that destination. Maybe it's the same state you're in or another state. And 
let them find, you know, the things to do there, the activities they want to do, or you can help them if they're too young to really find it, you know, find, ask them what they want to do. You know, for some kids, depending on their age, it might be, I just want to go swimming. For other kids, it might be, I want to go horseback riding. Mm -hmm. So it can be totally different. Other kids might say, I don't want to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So there you go. There's a do-nothing trip, right? (laughs) So just leave them at home. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it also helps you because now they're helping with the planning. So you have less stuff to do. So, you know, going on a trip, sometimes no matter how big or small the trip is, it seems like it's always the same amount of work a lot. You know, yeah. loading the car, unloading the car, picking this out, or the RV, picking this out, and what to bring, should we shop for food there, blah, 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 what does everybody want, you know? But when the kids have a say in it, have a role in it, especially now with the internet, man, there's so much more they can do and figure out, you know, and they're going to be more apt to doing more than you'll ever think of doing, you know, they're going to be excited about it, especially if they got a lot of time. But, you know, everybody will have a good time that way. And, of course, as an adult and a parent, you still have to do a little research, make sure everything they're talking about makes sense. It's financially (laughs) sustainable. Yeah. You know, no surprises. You don't want to get there and find out that, you know, what they want to do is going to cost $10,000 an hour or something crazy or whatever, you know. Um, So you want to make sure something suitable for the entire family. But let the kids have a say. And maybe, you know, it's, it's... you have three kids, maybe you spread that over three trips. You know, each kid gets to plan a, a trip, you know. Yeah. So it's not three kids bickering over it. And then, you know, <laughs> everybody can get along and have a great trip. So that's just a suggestion. There's a little more information on that on um, the smartrver.com under RV Life. And, of course, there'll be some in the podcast episode on the smartrver.com as well. And if I didn't mention it, by the way, this is episode 111. We keep the numbers tied with them because it's easier to remember a number than it is a title sometimes. And it's easier for us to go back and look at stuff as well to, to reference it in the future. So the numbers will never go away. All right, so now staying on the road. So Alexis, do we get a lot of people coming in the store replacing a screw cover on their RV? Yeah, always. <laughs> always, always. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we sell a lot of it. So it is a problem. Now, sometimes screwed cover goes bad. And just to make sure you know what I'm talking about, it's really the one inch wide screw cover. It seems to fall off, you know, on corners. It sticks in the aluminum trim or it just comes out, you know, and you don't really understand why it just needs to be replaced. And this is the popular one inch wide stuff. This is what most of the RVs have. You know, it it snaps in or squeezes into an aluminum trim. The trim covers the corners of the RV, the edges, the seams sometimes. You know, it's attached to the RV with screws and the plastic trim or the screw covers, it's called. Sometimes (laughs) it covers the screws. So that's its sole purpose is to cover the screws. So Pretty much, it's not doing anything else. It's just a cosmetic thing. So if it does fall off, you're on a trip, don't panic. Your RV will not fall apart. You can go until you get home. You don't ever have to replace it if you don't want to because if the trim is sealed properly, the screws shouldn't leak. And the screw cover does keep it dry, but it's really a cosmetic thing because all those screws are pretty ugly, especially if they've been (laughs) taken in and out a couple times or 
you know, sometimes you pull the screw cover off and the screws are all running sideways, you know, so it doesn't look really that good. Now, the screw cover I'm talking about sometimes can be called insert trim, <coughs> screw cover, or even vinyl trim. There's different names for it, but it all does the same thing. And like so many things in an RV, there's different names for it, but it all does the same thing. And now motorhomes are a little bit different. They don't have aluminum trim, corner trim, screw cover, like trailers do. Motorhomes have a front and rear cap that are generally self-sealing at some level. You know, it goes in, the roof either overlaps it or it overlaps the roof, and they just are, you know, put down with screws. Sometimes they have an aluminum trim. It depends. But a lot of times they're just made completely different with those front and rear caps. The roofs roll around the side of the RV. It's not just a 90-degree square. Um, now there are a lot of motorhomes that way and they do have your typical screw cover on it or the aluminum trim, but they're generally older ones. Newer ones tend to have more of a curved roof. So you don't see a lot of the same stuff on RVs and even their horizontal trim is generally metal and it's like two, three inches wide. Sometimes it might have a plastic insert in it which can be very similar to screw cover. Sometimes screw cover will work if you can't find that rigid plastic insert. But motorhomes are just a different ball game. Um, in fact, in almost all things related to RV, motorhomes are just different than trailers. You know, trailers are much simpler, it seems like. Um, but anyway, now some RVs will have plastic screw cover. Some will have rubber. It just depends on the type that was put on there at the factory or down the road. Someone might have changed it. So, you know, when that is falling off, there's generally reasons why. Um, it's not just because, you know, it doesn't have a mind of its own. It's plastic, sometimes rubber. <laughs> but there's variations in it, too. So this isn't one of the things you just walk into the store and say, I need screw cover. Um, if they're on, their, on the ball, they're going to ask you what size is it. You know, there's one inch and three quarter inch. Those are the two most common sizes. One inch by far is the most common, but three quarters right behind it. And then there's, you know, rubber. There's the vinyl type. Um, there's also a half inch trim that's used in windows quite often and around baggage doors. Um, pretty, it's different to find. Our suppliers don't carry it. Our suppliers carry one inch and three quarter inch. And I was telling you that, so you kind of know, sometimes it's a little bit harder to find certain things on an RV because not everything makes it to RV stores. Not everything on an RV ever makes it to the aftermarket. That's what an RV store is doing. They're selling to the aftermarket after the purchase. So not everything makes it out. So don't always blame it on the RV store. Sometimes it is just the way it is. Yep. Okay, so, you know, there's a different sizes, different types, plastic, rubber. There's a rigid type as well. Um, probably more on your more expensive RVs where that is used. But when it's falling off, it's generally not because it just decides it wants to fall off one day. It's generally because it's getting older. And, you know, some RVs don't experience this problem depending on how they're made and the corner trim and you know, if it's everything square, it's not going to have the same problems. It's more in the curves, especially on windows. You see a lot of times the rubber trim or even the glazing that holds the window in is shrinking and it wants to pull out. 
And really, there's nothing you can do with that other than replace it. You can keep putting it back in, but it's probably just going to keep popping out. And sometimes out of frustration, people will actually put screws in it, more screws to hold it down. And all you're doing is putting more holes in the RV. So don't use screws. Just replace the trim. That's really what it needs to be done, what needs to be done. Um, occasionally, it can be squeezed back into the track because it came out for some reason. Maybe someone was working on the RV and they had to take it out for some reason. And so you can squeeze it, put it back in. But sometimes it's just going to come out. You're going down the road and it's getting old. It's starting to wear out or, you know, just getting old, not wearing out per se. And it might just come out while you're traveling. <clears throat> so then you want to just replace it because more than likely it's not going to stay back in. It's getting to that point. You can put it back in. The next time you travel, it will probably come out again. You can try it to see what happens. And the reason why I say just replace it is because it's not that expensive for something that will last for years. You know, it might not last indefinitely, but it'll definitely last years. And some RVs go through it quicker than others. Some of them, you know, you literally see it's cracking in the aluminum channel, you know, splits and cracks. So it's lasted a long time. Others, it just seems to come out all the time. Maybe when the person puts it back in, they didn't get it in properly, wrong size, who knows, but it just doesn't seem to last. Could even be the color of it too, because I'm sure that's going to uh, extend or decrease the, the life of it. You know, if it's black, it's probably going to last longer than white. Hmm. Off-white will probably last longer than white. <laughs> you know, white doesn't have any UV inhibitors built into it where colors generally do. Black mm -hmm. always has UV inhibitors in it because of the color. So the color will have an effect on that. But one thing you don't want to do, besides putting more screws in it, you know, to hold it in place, because then the screws are external and it looks ugly, and then there's more screws on the side of the RV, you don't want to use silicone or a sealant. You don't ever want to use silicone in my book. I hate silicone. <laughs> but you don't want to use a sealant to put it in place. Um, if you feel you need to do that, do it very sparingly, little dops, do, uh, drops, dashes, but don't just squeeze it in there and get this stuff in there so it'll never come out or put it in and run a bead of silicone or a sealant on it because you'll regret that. For one, it's going to look horrible. And two, if you, when you have to replace it, now you got to deal with all that sealant and scrape it all off. Yeah. You know, don't we hear people asking, you know, should we use a sealant on this mm -hmm. Alexis in the store? Yeah, they do you know? all the time. <laughs> And so that's desperation. Yeah. Sometimes not knowing, but quite often it's desperation. Mm -hmm. So you definitely don't want to do that. And I don't recall what a 50 foot roll is, but it's 16, $18, somewhere in there. Right. Um, you know, we sell in 25, 15, hundred foot rolls. Some places sell by the foot, you know, so whatever it is, it's not all that expensive for something that lasts a long time. And quite often when we're buying something, we just look at the price. Wow, this is $50. That's expensive. But we forget that it might last for 10 or 12 or 13 years. Like an awning fabric for 300 bucks, and it's going to last 12 years maybe. Not that expensive. Exactly. At the time it might be. It might feel expensive. But overall, if you amortize it out, it's not bad. And screw cover, though, is, can be a chore to put in, you know, if you don't have strong fingers, you have arthritis, it might not be the task for you or do little bits of it. Don't bite off the whole RV, you know, just pull off a section you can do. I know even sometimes when we do an awning, we have to pull out the, uh, the drip caps and you have to take out the screw and sometimes the screw cover comes out, 
putting it back in. Or if we get the RV there, we'll put it back in if it's not in there. And sometimes it's a little bit of a chore squeezing it in. So if you have arthritis or something, you might want to think about paying someone to do it. And besides the plastic or vinyl, there's also a rubber screw cover that um, I don't know how much better it is. Everybody says it's better. We've sold it in the past. We stopped carrying it because we had to sell it by the foot. And it seemed like no one wanted to pay for it, and they went with the plastic. Um, I've seen it on RVs, and it comes out kind of the same, looks the same, because that burnt look to it over time. So I don't know how much better it is. I don't really can't give you a, a true, honest answer on that. I haven't done a comparison. Um, but just from experience, the cheaper stuff is probably just as good, the plastic versus the rubber. And some places just don't sell it because you have to sell it by the foot, kind of like how we feel about it. You know, those rolls, if one breaks, you know, you got this big old giant knot and you can't get it out and you end up throwing it away or a big chunk of it, you know. But a body shop that goes through a lot of it, it might be more up their alley and they might have really good experience with it. And, of course, there are different brands of this stuff like everything else. So a brand could make the difference too. So don't try screwing it on. Don't try gluing it on. Put it on the way it's supposed to be, squeezed in there, and just replace it when it's time to replace it. Now, since we're on the outside of the RV and sometimes things get desperate, (laughs) you know, RV decal sometimes can be one of those things. We're looking at it. Man, these things are falling apart. They're peeling. They're, you know, every time I go out to my RV, there's a little bit more on the ground. (laughs) You know, and they're they're to the point now it's really hard to get them off or it's not worth it, so you're just letting them gonna rot off over time. Well, if you have decals, there's a company called RV Decals Direct. And if you go to their website, rvdecalsdirect.com, um, you can see what they do. And their stuff's pretty impressive looking. Oh, yeah. Looks great. I mean, it's factory. They show the before and after, and it's factory. Yeah. And I have seen people actually put decals over their old ones. So up close, you can see that it's a decal over an older one. But that (laughs) might be what you're just going to have to do because it's so hard to get it off. Sure. You have to weigh that out. I mean, with Alexis, would you want to spend, you know, 25 hours a day? Yeah, it's an impossibility. But working Uh, on your RV, scraping off decals? I don't really want to do that. No. (laughs) Probably not. And your husband probably wouldn't want to either. Exactly. Um. Especially if they're on there a long time, they yeah. can be really hard to get off. You know, yeah. They start cracking, so it's easier just to go over it. And in Arizona, mm-hmm. there was companies that went out and did this. Now, they did it, I think, just because it was easier to do because <laughs> their work wasn't that great. <laughs> so decals can be tricky to put on. So before you take on that task, call rvdecalsdirect.com and talk to them about it. And I've never talked to them. I've only been to their website, and what they do looks good. Mm-hmm. So talk to them first and get their advice. They're professionals on that. That's what they do for a living. And so go there, rvdecalsdirect.com, and they can help you with that. And if you need screw cover, insert trim, whatever you want to call it, just go to your local RV store and buy it. They all carry it. It's a common thing. Okay, so now I want to ask you to, if you're working on any projects, send me some pictures in an email or a text, and I have received some. So if you've sent me some and they're not on our website yet, it's because I haven't gotten to them or I haven't had a chance to talk to uh, talk about it. Um, but just 
keep doing it. Um, we get to everything eventually. We're just behind a lot of the time because we're just busy. There's a lot to do in the show that we do. There's a lot of preparation and time it takes, but we get to everything sooner or later. Um, if you have a question about something you're working on, I certainly try to get to it sooner. All right, so now we're coming up to the next stop. And Alexis is ready and prepared to tell <laughs> us about Tin Lakes in Montana. Ooh, yeah. This was a fun one to write about. <laughs> Tin Lakes in Montana. Well, how come you yeah. chose Tin Lakes? Um, I actually found an article online that kind of highlighted the 10 best, and 10 seemed like a good number. <laughs> All right, so just to be clear... It's 10 different lakes. It's not one lake named 10 lakes. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> want to be sure. Just in case. On that. <laughs> okay, so all of these lakes here, I do have a list of it. Um, yeah. They're all basically spring and summer type lakes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, unless you're into ice fishing, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm not into ice fishing, so okay. that rules them out. Okay, gotcha. so now. All these lakes are in Montana, and you can pretty much be guaranteed if you go to a lake in Montana, you're going to love it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, the pictures <clears throat> you see of Montana are real. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day. I mean, we look out our, the windows, the back of our business, the front of the business, you see mountains. In the winter, they're snow-capped. In the summer, they're not. It's beautiful. But you see the beautiful sky and everything. So no matter where you go, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So these 10 lakes, all of them offer camping of some kind there? Um, I think so. Yes, it seems like they all do. Have you ever been? Which ones have you been to? Um, Flathead. Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the big one. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. <laughs> yes. I haven't been to a whole lot of lakes. I've uh, been to some smaller ones, but generally my travels take me along rivers. Yeah. Creeks, okay. I mean, yeah. a crick. <laughs> a crick. Um, yeah, I don't fish. Yeah. I don't have a boat. That's so okay. lakes aren't as appealing to me. I love the water. Yeah. I'd rather be at the ocean than a lake. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, so I don't go out of my way to go to a lake very often. Gotcha. But gotcha. they are cool, though. They that are. That is really awesome. Oh, yeah. It's it's huge. It's beautiful. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's one of these things kind of they all have their own little thing about them. Kind of like do. little towns and places like Montana and I'm yeah. sure the states you guys are in. You know, everything has a, something about it. All the lakes have their own little thing, you know. Exactly. Um, I didn't see twin lakes here on the list because I know there's about eight different sets of twin lakes in Montana. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not sure which twin lakes you're talking about. That's true. So you would say that almost or you're pretty sure all these lakes have camping have food um, around them yeah places to eat yeah and there's definitely things to do oh yeah definitely fishing <laughs> biking absolutely canoeing, boating yeah kayaking, mm -hmm. the whole package exactly yes um, yeah so there's something to do with all of them yeah yeah and bicycling there's something you can there do you go it's about anywhere all the way around yeah did i tell you we're getting electric bikes oh no we're getting into exciting. electric bikes yes that's exciting. So that's something every RVer is going to have to have. Right? <laughs> that's right. Electric yes. bikes are very popular. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more in another episode. <laughs> so there's a lot of things to do. And it's not just Montana. You know, we, we live in Montana, so obviously we're a little prejudiced about it. Um, and so if you're watching this on YouTube, this is the plastic trim that we were talking about earlier. I forgot I had it sitting here. <laughs> 
And so RV Envy now, we're going to talk about, we're done with the next stop, right, Alexis? Oh, yeah, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, pick some lakes in Montana, any 10, you know. <laughs> Go check it out. These 10 will be on the website at thesmartrver.com, so you can yep. check them out there. <laughs> so now, RV Envy, we're going to talk about mechanic in a bottle. So it's liquid, about eight ounces. Can't read it, something like that. <laughs> so this is for... I would say primarily a generator if you're an RVer. So your RV has been sitting all winter and maybe you start it up and it doesn't run so good. So before you take it to a shop and spend a lot of money for them to do a, maybe a carburetor rebuild or a bunch of stuff that, you know, it just happens to fix it. If you use mechanic in a bottle, <clears throat> more than likely it's going to take care of the problem unless it's just some hard part problem like a bad piston ring or a burnt valve or something like that. If it's in the carburetor, more than likely this will take care of it and the, and the generator will run perfect. Mm. And it'll work on any kind of small engine. Um, the stuff works great. And it's, you know, it's synthetic, and so it's man-made, and so it's made a little bit different, and it's going to have a longer shelf life. It's kind of like the VP Racing Fuels. We sell those. And, you know, there's other brands of them, but they're synthetic. So, like, VP Racing Fuels will sit on the shelf for 10 years. Wow. No problem. And I use stuff like this in my generators and small engines because it, like, the VP Racing Fuel just kind of cleans out the carburetor really nice. You don't have to use a lot of it. You can just run one tank through or a half a tank. On this would be your springtime product, the mechanic in a bottle to run it through your generator. Um to get it running right, even if it runs okay, it probably wouldn't hurt to run it through. It'll just clean out everything in the carburetor and get it kind of back to that factory feel. So mechanic in a bottle is what's going to make your neighbors envious of your RV because the generator runs so good, and you're just happy when you're out camping because you don't have all those other problems. Okay, so now we're, we've covered that, and I want to remind you to listen to Free Tip Fridays that's one tip in 10 minutes, so it's every other week opposite of this show. And in December, we're going to be doing a review, hopefully we're going to be doing a review that everything comes together by then about an RV maintenance app. And I've been talking about maintaining your RV, and I push, you know, keeping ledgers and track of what you're doing. So we have found this RV maintenance app, and I'm not saying the name yet because I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I want to throw it out there that it's coming. And so I'm going to look it over, and hopefully we'll be able to get you a discount or something so you guys can try it out. I know they do have a free trial, but like I said, no names yet. We're going to wait a little bit, and hopefully this thing will work out. So that's coming in December, more than likely the first part of December. Get to this sooner than later. Okay, and so that's going to come up in the near future. So I want to thank everybody for being here today and for Alexis being on the show and helping us out with the next stop. So it's been awesome hanging out with you, and this is Eric Stark with the Smart RVer podcast. So if I don't see you on the road, let's connect at thesmartrver.com. <laughs>